welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I am Justin. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler. Hey, Vinyl Heads. We're so glad to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back today. So, we've got an episode today that was a suggestion from a listener, and we appreciate it. It was from Sonny Lee in Montana. Sonny Lee, thank you very much. This is a great suggestion. Yeah, this is a good suggestion. One of my favorite albums of all time, so I didn't have a problem doing it. And today we're going to do John Lennon's, basically his first solo album after the Beatles, Plastic Ono Band. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I've uh, popped a Benadryl. Uh, you know, allergy season was getting to me a little bit just before, and I realized that was a huge mistake. Why are you falling asleep? A um, little bit. So let me give you a little history on John Lennon first. Uh, we won't go too in-depth in it. I think most people know who John Lennon is, if they're listening to this episode anyways, but obviously the famous member of the Beatles. He was uh, He was murdered. He was. But he, before he was murdered, he was born on October 9th of 1940 in Liverpool, England. And he's the founder and the main writer, one of the main writers and co-lead vocalist of the Beatles. I'm sure you've heard of the Beatles. Yeah, I'm not Catherine Zeta-Jones from Celebrity Jeopardy. I have heard of the Beatles. Okay, yeah. just checking. So after the Beatles breakup in 1970, his first single actually came before the breakup, and it was Give Peace a Chance. It was released in 1969, kind of during the Beatles breakup, you know, when mm-hmm. things were starting to go on. Reached number two in the UK, number 14 in the US. But when the Beatles broke up in 1970, that's when he kind of got to the music you know started recording his own solo stuff and this was kind of the first album that a couple wedding album and uh two virgins that come out that were just kind of a avant-garde whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call them i call it shit yeah uh people blame yoko ono for the beatles breakup I'm, i'm not sure that that's fair but uh john lennon and yoko ono had a very different sound when they got together compared to what John Lennon was doing with the rest of the Beatles. Yeah, but that's what's good about like this album and some of his later albums. She pretty much stays off of them. And that's good, you know. I'm glad for that. (laughs) As far as a business mind, especially now in the later years that she's taken over the John Lennon estate Mm -hmm. since his murder and everything like that, I think she's made a lot of good business decisions. But her... Mm -hmm. Her music, if that's what you want to call it, leaves a little be desired. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't even know what to call, uh, classify her music as. It's interesting. Yeah. John Lennon is obviously known for the Beatles, but post-Beatles, he's known for a lot of his activism, his bed-in for peace and those kind of things. He fought deportation in the U.S., fought the Nixon administration. There mm-hmm. was He swore that he was being surveilled by the FBI, which come to pass was true yeah how about that yeah he's he's done a lot of writing he's famous for art a lot of things like that but as far as his recording career as a solo artist he had 11 studio albums three live albums and more compilations and box sets and anniversary releases that then you can shake a stick at here again i'm talking about john lennon and the beatles you know last week we did the doors and as you stated and i mm-hmm. stated i'm a completist i'm kind of that way with the beatles and the lennon stuff as well so yeah are, are you that way with all of the individual beatles are you that way with george harrison no i'm a big fan of john lennon's mm-hmm. solo stuff obviously through 1980 yeah you know, he wasn't with us anymore i'm a big fan of most of mccartney's 70s stuff but after that i you know i like george harrison's first album I like Ringo's first couple albums, but past that, I don't get too heavy into much other than some of the hits. Okay. 
but I definitely am that way through the 70s with uh, John and Paul. So John sold over 25 million albums worldwide. That's just solo albums. That's not counting Beatles albums. As far as on the charts, Imagine and Double Fantasy reached number one in the UK. And then in the US, Imagine, Walls and Bridges, and Double Fantasy all reached number one. So he had one more number one album here in the US than he did in the UK. He had a total of 17 albums in the U.S. that reached the top 50. So not bad for a post-Beatles career, but I, you know, pretty much anything any of these guys did after the Beatles wasn't going to live up to the fame they experienced during the 60s. Well, that's true, because they, they essentially were starting off not necessarily at the bottom of the ladder again, but they had gone down several rungs. Yeah, I mean, you look at that a couple of ways. I mean, obviously, they were already famous, right? So yeah. anything they released, there were certain diehards like myself that mm-hmm. were going to buy it anyways, but that a lot of people were angry about the Beatles being broke up and didn't want to mm-hmm. hear solo work especially people that would that would have blamed john lennon for the breakup of the beatles yeah and i think that was kind of the going fact at the time Mm -hmm. that yoko and john broke up the beatles but i think as history has proven itself as time's gone by it wasn't so much that is it every single beetle was getting older wanted Mm -hmm. to express their own individuality and let's be honest they just moved on this tree was yeah this tree was ready to branch off right yeah and it just happened and and you know i think if john lennon hadn't been murdered in 1980 you know you may have seen some reunions and a little bit of music made and it's unfortunate we didn't get that yeah so as far as singles released as a solo artist, he released 25 total singles. He had three reach number one in the UK, which was the song Imagine, just like Starting Over, and Woman. He only had two number ones in the US, which was Whatever Gets You Through the Night and Just Like Starting Over. All 25 were in the top 100 in the US. Wow. So all of them did well on the charts. John and Yoko had Sean, and he was into their life. He basically became the house husband and mm-hmm. put put his guitar up on the wall and raised his kid for five years. And people thought he was crazy leaving the music scene. Yeah, great work if he can find it. Yeah, but yeah. when he did finally come back, you know, he, he released the album Double Fantasy in 1980. But unfortunately, that was short-lived because he was murdered on December 8th of 1980. By a chubby guy from Hawaii that yeah, shall not be named. We will shall not name him. But, you know, it's unfortunate what happened. It, it still saddens me to this day. But in a lot of ways, like a lot of things, kind of like our episode with last week with Jim Morrison dying, you know, mm-hmm. it almost martyrs him and the music. And that kind of happened with John Lennon. It definitely had a resurgence mm-hmm. in Beatles popularity. You know, it's unfortunate that's what it took to get it there, you know, and you never know what we missed out on. But it is what it is. And we, I guess we're lucky to have almost 20 years of recorded music by him. We do miss John Lennon. Yes. So do you want to get to the album review? Yeah, let's do the album. And now it's time for the album review. Okay, Sonny from Montana. You suggested John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. We have a few suggestions in the inbox, and this one stuck out to me because obviously I'm a huge John Lennon fan. This is one of my favorite albums, and I'm not going to hide that. And so... I thought it'd be a good one to do, and the one good thing was, and you'll have to tell me, Tyler, after listening to this album, how many have you heard before this? Not the majority, I'll tell you that. A select few I've heard before. That's what I was thinking, because I asked you after we listened to the first side, Mm -hmm. and you hadn't heard any of those, and then I think you recognized well, 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 because it was my uh, ringtone for a number Mm -hmm. of years while we worked together, but... But I, I wouldn't say that I'd listened to the song in its entirety, I just really knew the ringtone. Well, that'll be interesting because 
Of course, what we do for any new listeners is we sit down and listen to this album right before recording. Most of the times it's an album I've listened to for a lot of years, at least so far it has been, because a lot of them I picked and some of them have been listener suggestions. We do have a bunch in the pipeline that are albums I'm not so familiar with. But it is, most of these albums, Tyler's heard a lot of the hits, obviously, mm. that hit the radio, but he hasn't heard the albums, so it's kind of a first impression from him. I'm new here. <laughs> Something <Yeah>. like that. Well, <laughs> and like I've stated before, it's kind of interesting for me as well, because I can listen to these albums as many times as I want for many years, but when you sit down with the purpose of rating them, you look at them in a different light. Certainly do. Um, and this is a fun way for us to spend some time together and uh, get some ideas or bounce some some things off of each other and get some different impressions that we hadn't had before. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Plastic Ono Band was released by Apple Records on December 11th of 1970. It is John Lennon's debut studio album right after the Beatles broke up. It's recorded at Abbey Road Studios in London in September and October of 1970. All songs on this album are written and sang by John Lennon. Now, the album was co-produced by Lennon, Yoko Ono and Mr. Phil Spector, kind of the notorious Phil Spector. Oh, that Phil Spector. Yeah, he's quite heavily involved with John Lennon in his first few solo albums. So many songs on this album. Lennon had recently, both him and Yoko Ono, had went through primal scream therapy in the States, and they never did finish it because their visas expired, or I think Lennon's visa expired. But a lot of this is created from that primal scream therapy. You can maybe see that in some of the albums that he does do some screaming. It, it, it does explain a bit of the screaming, yeah. Yeah, so the plastic Ono band consists of obviously John Lennon on vocals, guitar, and piano, Ringo Starr on drums, Klaus Vorman on bass, and Phil Spector on piano, and you've even got Billy Preston on piano on one album. Billy oh. Preston had played with the Beatles on uh, the Let It Be album in the famous Rooftop concert. Yeah. So this album reached number six in the U.S., number eight in the U.K. Funny enough, it reached number one in the Netherlands and Canada. Kind of strange, but... The Dutch really liked it, huh? I guess so. This album sold to date over three million copies worldwide. It is certified gold in the U.S. by the RIAA. If it matters, Rolling Stone ranks this number 23 on their greatest 500 albums of all time. Wow, that's, uh, that's a bit high, I think. But, um, okay. For me, it's not, but <laughs> this probably is... If I was to pick 20 albums as a must for me, this would fit in as one of them. Okay. But whatever Rolling Stone is worth is what it's worth. So they've yeah. also got Beyonce <laughs> up there quite high. And another kind of fact about this is when they released this on December 11th of 1970, Yoko Ono released an album of her own music of the same name, Plastic Ono Band. Featured almost the exact same cover as well. It's not quite as popular as you may know because... No, I'm sure there's a lot more screaming on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most likely. So the album artwork's kind of interesting. It's It features Yoko laying on top of John Lennon beneath a tree, and they're at Lennon's Tittenhurst Park estate. And the back shows a photo of a young schoolboy John Lennon. Now, the Yoko Ono album was almost identical, but you could barely see Yoko. She was laying beside John, but not on top of him like she is on the Plastic Ono, John Lennon's Plastic Ono band album. Oh. So they're similar, but one thing is different as the music on this one is. I, I guess maybe I should be honest. I don't know if it's far superior because I've never listened to Yoko Ono's. Okay. So to be honest. So you ready to get the first song? I am so ready for this. Let's do it. Side one. 
Okay, so the first song opening on this vinyl is Mother. And this song certainly is where you can see some of that primal scream therapy come through. Okay, you got John Lennon on vocals. Yoko Ono creates the wind noise. Ringo Starr on drums and Klaus Vormann on bass. Now, they released this as a single, and they had the song Why by Yoko as the B-side, and that was off her Plastic Ono Band album. So when they released the single, it was about a minute and a half shorter because the bells that are featured on the first of the song, you hear when it kicks in, mm-hmm. they cut those out on the single, and then they at the end of the song, they fade it out quicker. That's surprising because the bells at the beginning are really cool. Yeah, they're kind of neat. I, I think it sets the perfect tone for it. So as a single, this reached number 43 in the U.S. So this song essentially addresses both of John Lennon's parents. You know, his mother, Julia, had been killed by a car when he was young, and his dad, Alf, abandoned the family when John was just an infant. I think going through his primal scream therapy, and that's where you get this, because this does have a lot of his early childhood issues along with... Sounds like it. Yeah, he simply screams it out in this song, right? Yeah, and just the writing, man. This is very much a song that sounds like John Lennon's project from a therapist. Yeah, it kind of does. Obviously, as we said, it opens up with these funeral-like bells, right? What mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this song? Oh, I love the bells. I mean, it's this very simple, steady ringing it's a good way to open the album. It really is. And it, it feels like a funeral. I mean, the the way that it sets it up, that's what it is. He's, he's mourning not just uh, the death of his parents, but the loss of his parents from his life. The fact that his mother isn't there. He doesn't have a mom. He doesn't have a dad. His dad ran off and ditched him. And his mom was taken from him, and he's mourning the fact that he doesn't have a father there to nurture him and help raise him. And he's mourning the fact that his mother wasn't there the way other boys' mothers were. Well, he's almost singing this, because his mom, even before she died, Mm -hmm. John lived with his aunt for quite a while, so he wasn't with his mom. His mom was off. so she was absent anyway. Absent a lot. And that's where I think he's singing this more from a young child standpoint, because that part where mama don't go daddy come home you know and he just keeps saying it over and over and over and until yeah. it climaxes in a scream right mm-hmm. it's really interesting the lyrics are very visual in this you know you had me but i never had you it's kind of i mean it is haunting in a way to what his yeah. childhood was like as far as the music for me and i need to know what you think as well but you know, you got Ringo in here. So this is half the Beatles, right? Yeah, this is a very, yeah, that's kind of the, the cool thing about this is that George is gone and uh, so is Paul. But Ringo, John just kind of took him along with him. Well, and Klaus Vormann playing <laughs> the bass, he's actually a friend of the Beatles. They met yeah. him in Germany when they were playing in Germany. Mm-hmm. So he's, when they were really young before they'd hit it. So yeah. he he's also not completely a stranger you know um i, I really like the the music in this the percussion is just a sl- a simple steady percussion yeah, ringo does an excellent yeah. job i think that's where he's very underrated as a drummer mm-hmm. you know he's not a crazy drummer like keith moon or something like that but yeah. his way of keeping beat and some of his fills yeah. and stuff are excellent but in this it's on, just real steady and on the surface it it seems like he's just keeping beat but a lot of times him just keeping beat it sets the tone like he's like he could be playing at a funeral 
And it feels like that. And you wouldn't really think of drums being an instrument that you would hear being played at a funeral. But he plays them like he's at a funeral. Yeah, they're not overpowering yeah. anyway. But but you can he- hear them. It's almost him. reverent. Yeah, you and, can and hear them really well in this song, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing about the bass line that Klaus plays in this. It's You can hear the bass line fairly decent, but it... It does seem, I think mm-hmm. you hit it on the head, reverend is the way to put it because yeah. it's it's tasteful. It's not mm-hmm. overpowering and doing something different to the song. Yeah, especially the bass paired with the piano. I pointed this out to you that when it, it sounded like a guitar and yeah. I couldn't figure that out until you, you said, well, there is a bass line and they're playing along with the piano. And so the strumming of the bass playing with the um, the keys of the piano is what sound where I get that guitar from. It's a great uh, sounding song. Yeah, the lyrics. I mean, I really like the lyrics. They yeah. show John Lennon's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It was something you know years before this he wouldn't yeah. have done, obviously, because they were world famous Beatles, right? Well, sure. But he's not afraid to show his vulnerability here. And I really like his strained vocals. I like how the music stays steady, but mm-hmm. as he keeps repeating, Mama, don't go, Daddy, come home, he's screaming it. Yeah, he it, is. I mean, it, it goes into a chromatic scream, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how the song ends, too, and I really like the ending. Yeah. It's a good song. It's a song of mourning. It's a song that uh, just it feels very authentic, and like, an, like a, you're getting a window into what's going on with John Lennon, his psyche during this time. Yeah, the only thing I think is kind of strange about this song is I think it was a poor choice as a single. Yeah. To me, it, it's not a upbeat something that's going to be a hit on the radio as much. I It just seems to me like a very strange choice as a single. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you there that there's other songs on here that would be a better choice for a single, but maybe that was intentional. Maybe John Lennon just said, this song is so personal to me and so close to me that i want to release that as a single yeah i I don't know what his his uh, motive was but that's why i can think of yeah not a bad way to open the album so let's move on to the next song Mm -hmm. hold on now on this song you got john lennon of course on vocals again he's playing the tremello uh, electric guitar which i love on this Mm -hmm. song by the way you got ringo again on drums and klaus vorman on bass this is basically written about lennon and Yoko Ono overcoming all their challenges they're having in their life at the time. Yeah. You know, with fame and of course with fame comes a lot of scrutiny and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the famous things about this song too, that I pointed out to you is where about the middle of the song where Lennon says cookie. Is it Lennon or is it from? No, it's John Lennon. It sounds just like cookie monster. I know. He's just a (laughs) cookie for nothing, for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Why it fits? I, it's so I don't random. Know. I love it. Maybe with Lennon and Ono trying to overcome their challenges, maybe mm-hmm. Sesame Street was just a simple way to do it. I I don't know. What What are your thoughts on the song? You know, it's pretty decent song. Telling yourself to just hold on, hang in there, trying to figure it out. It was a good song. What this would be what I would consider a good album filler. Yeah, and for me, I really really like Tremelo electric mm-hmm. guitar on this. Uh, me and my kid looked up the chords and played it, you know, and kicked oh, yeah. over the amp to the tremolo effect. I I really like it. It's kind of interesting. I've only mm-hmm. ever really played the intro, which it kind of goes throughout. It's another song that's got good, simple drumming from Ringo and a good bass line. It's, it's got good lyrics and everything. It really yeah. is a pretty song overall. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to hear this song, uh, maybe even a softer version of it on a piano or something. Because he he does an excellent job at that. But yeah, good, very good song. And I, I certainly love this album and have a lot of history with it. So 
this this song is probably for me more than album filler. There there really isn't a bad song. There is one bad song on this album, okay. in my opinion. Because I, I was thinking you're probably going to have a devil of a time coming up with losers. And, you know, that's just because I picked an album I knew I loved and somebody suggested, mm. so it worked good. I, it would have been on there sooner <laughs> or later. So Okay, so that moves on to the third song on the album, I Found Out. Uh, once again, John Lennon on vocals and electric guitar, Ringo and Klaus Vormann. So this song apparently was written about John Lennon's disillusionment with the world full of false religion, idols, you know, warning against being taken over as a person by those beliefs. This again has the tremolo and fuzzy guitar on it. It is kind of a stripped down song, a little bit bluesy, but it's it's a good song in my opinion. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, I really like the fact that the vocals match the notes of the guitar. It's very simple and straightforward as far as the instruments. He does that on a few songs on this album, which are kind of, mm-hmm. we'll get into it on another one where I don't know if the vocals follow the guitar or the guitar follows the vocals, but either yeah. way they follow each other, right? Yeah, they're matching, they're marching in step with each other. And this this is the first song too. One thing I was going to say, this is the first song on the album. It's funny we had to wait so long to get a Lennon double vocal. Yeah. You know, because he was very, very famously didn't like his vocals much. And mm-hmm. so he liked to double over his vocals and double track them. And it gives him kind of an interesting sound, especially when you're listening on a, you know, his headphones, which we weren't tonight. I really like the message of the song. He talks about the different things like with his whole search. It's, you can tell that John Lennon, when he's going through this period, he's very actively engaged in a journey of discovery and both within and with and outside of himself he's pondering his own navel and also contemplating the universe all at the same time and he's giving us a little bit of what he's found out along the way doesn't seem like he's found religion no i don't think so and we'll get into that later on as well he's not a big fan of religion but what i like about this song is i think this is probably musically one of the best songs on the album the way the guitar opens it up it's Mm -hmm. got amazing drumming by ringo it's got a really heavy bass line in it by klaus I like how you can hear it all. As raw as it is, you can Mm -hmm. hear everything. It's not mixed too heavy, which is actually kind of funny because generally when Phil Spector's involved in things, Mm -hmm. he, you know, his famous wall of sound, he mixes everything all over. So you've you've got everything. But I really like the rawness of the sound because you can hear the drums coming in. Mm -hmm. Once again, it shows how good of a drummer Ringo really is. And Klaus is a pretty damn good bass player too. Yes, he is. The guitar in the middle is absolutely amazing. To me, this Mm -hmm. song is the best instrumentally, and it does have a good lyric in it. I like Mm -hmm. Lennon's double vocals. I really like that. It kind of gives that eerie feeling to it, you know? Yeah, it gives a haunting feel to to the vocals. Yeah, I really like it. You know, maybe he overused it a little much, but I don't know. Then again, it is what it is, right? Yeah, and I think you're right about the Phil Spector wall of sound, but he must have gone out for coffee or something, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and th- this is just a good signal of all the instruments on this and just a good raw song, good rocker. Yeah, and his whole message that he's saying is that he, it just seems like he didn't, he thought that all of the things that fame and uh, money bring with it would, would solve all of his problems. And if you've ever talked to somebody that's that's got fame and fortune, they all come to that same conclusion that didn't, 
none of their problems are solved by fame or fortune. Yeah, it might solve a few simple issues like, yeah. you know, not you don't but, need to worry where your yeah. next meal's coming from. Exactly, but, or but, a roof over your head. But but a lot of those simple problems are replaced by problems that are equally as horrible or even... Yeah. But your essentials are not things that fulfill you. They're just the essentials. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. that moves on to the next song, Working Class Hero. Uh, this song only features Lennon on vocals and his acoustic guitar, which I really like the way this one's stripped down. This mm-hmm. is this is a song I learned how to play on guitar early on. Pretty easy song. It's an A minor to a G, an A minor to a G, and a D, and that's pretty much all that's in the song. And I think it's basic on purpose. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's good. Other than, do we get an F word from a Beatle? Oh, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people were happy about that. You know, this is a very political song, basically warning the middle class, Mm -hmm. you know, not to get caught up in the machine. But that's what they say, and they say it's influenced by Bob Dylan, who John Lennon was very close to. But when I listen to the lyrics, to me, this is kind of a song about the angst of growing up in a world with really high expectations. That's the way I take it. Yeah, uh, this definitely feels like a Bob Dylan song. He's. I think that John's really hitting this one very well and very accurately, square on the head, because that's that's right. I mean, we were sent to school, and that, a lot of it has to do with like he sings about school quite a bit. That you go to school, they beat you at school, they uh, drill it into you and make you conform in school, and that's how they expect you to behave as an adult amongst polite society, right? Yeah, and that's kind of why I say, you know, when you listen to the lyrics, they sound more like angst of fighting against the world, you know, like he's got excellent lyrics in it, like keep you doped with religion, sex and TV, you know, first you must, yeah, it's a beautiful line. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm not a huge Dylan fan. I know Dylan's uh, hits. I'd, I'd really like to get a little more into Mm -hmm. Dylan, but to me, this is John Lennon out Dylan and Dylan, yeah. in a way, you know, I, I just love the the visuals in it. You know, first you must learn how to s- smile as you kill if you want to be like the folks on the hill. Oh, I love that line too, especially because it, it's like saying that you need to learn how to fire people, but do it nicely as you look them in the face and while you're ruining their life. Yeah, I, and yeah. maybe not even fire, just take over people and ruin sure. people's lives in whatever mm-hmm. way it may be. Yeah, I, I really like how simple this song is and how it's just Lennon and his acoustic guitar. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's mm-hmm. it's it's one of my favorite songs on the album. It's always been one of my favorite songs. I think some people's criticism of it is what would Lennon know about being a working class hero? But I don't I think that's I think you forget his roots. <laughs> yeah, not only his roots, but I think you're taking the song wrong in the first place, right? I think he's just trying to point out the things that are wrong with the world. Not not necessarily yeah. that he himself has happened to be a working class hero mm-hmm. at the time of him singing the song. Well, and the fact that this is this whole song is about uh how the machine of society will chew you up. And he's he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. He, he and may it, be a multimillionaire at this point, but he's not wrong. Well, and on top of that, this song, I think, is as relevant now as it was then. Oh, maybe even more so. Yeah, maybe sure. more so, and it's been 50-plus years. Because, so. I mean, it feels like today there's even a bigger gap between the uh, the elite wealthy and the working class. So that moves us on to the next song. It was actually the last, on, last song on side one, Isolation. Mm-hmm. 
Now, this is another song with John Lennon's vocals, double track, plays organ on this, and then again, you've got Ringo Starr and Klaus Vormann on this one. Mm -hmm. This song, once again, is about Lennon's life. He's written about his disillusionment with fame, Beatles breakup, all the negativity he and Yoko were receiving at the time, you know, like we had talked about earlier. John and Yoko, to the outside world, would seem like they had everything, but they were still lonely and isolated because, like we had said along with fame fortune comes issues you don't have that ability to just disappear into a crowd and blend in anymore because you're universally recognizable yeah exactly so what are your thoughts on this song i think they captured the message very well with the music and the lyrics that you know that it's just difficult to uh you you feel alone even though you're crowded by people by throngs of people wanting your picture, wanting your autograph, wanting anything from you, right? A little piece of you. Not everybody wants to give away a little piece to every one that comes along. And, you know, that every piece that you give away depletes you. It's funny how you dissect these lyrics, and I'm trying to dissect the music, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I'm just trying to dissect his psychology. Yeah. Where he's coming from upstairs. Well, I think this fits in with the whole theme of the album. You know, as far Mm -hmm. as the music, it's got a really pretty soft piano intro to it. Simple yet subtle drums and bass line. In fact, even though it has double vocals, that really doesn't start till about the middle of the song when he says, I don't expect you. Mm. And he goes on there and it's a really thick double. And I, I really... I don't know. I love that sound. I, Lennon's voice, even going back to his earliest Strawberry Fields when he'd had George Martin double track his vocals, you know, telling George Martin that he didn't like his voice. And Martin has famously said many a times that Lennon was very, very mm-hmm. self-conscious of his voice, even though people loved it. You know, you listen to some of his raw recordings on some of those demos and his his voice alone is haunting even when it's not double tracked and so to hear it double tracked i really like it i like the middle section of this song i really like the way his voice sings when he's kind of going into isolation he's you know he repeats i a bunch yeah, of times I, and I, goes I, in, yeah in isolation the only thing i really don't like about this song is the ending it's really abrupt that that part i don't like but other than that i i love this song i think it's it's got good good vision with the lyrics. It's got a really good sound. It's just good overall for me. It's a good way to close out side one. Pretty decent way to finish out side one. The whole, like, the double tracking on, on his voice, it's a very common problem with people is most people don't like to hear themselves recorded because it doesn't sound at all on tape or on the recording the way that you think it sounds when you're talking and you're forming the words with your mouth that are already up in your head (laughs) yeah because and that's the thing about having a podcast is going back Mm -hmm. and listening to your voice and i'm sure it it just bothers you it does it does you know you you hear it in a different it's something that i've gotten used to but it used to bother me, the sound of my voice on a record. You know, Lennon, I mean, you would think there would be a certain point after being in the biggest selling band of all time, even at mm-hmm. that point, that he'd be like, well, my voice must be okay. Exactly. Start to trust your audience a little bit rather than saying, well, I know better. But maybe it <laughs> is that vulnerability and that self-consciousness that could brings be. us better music and him to be more of a perfectionist about it. I don't know. Yeah, could be. You ready to get to side two? Yep, let's flip it over. Side two. Okay, so side two opens up with Remember. 
Now, once again, John Lennon on vocals and piano, Ringo on drums, and Klaus on bass. This is another song that's heavily inspired by the primal scream therapy that Lennon and Yoko Ono went through. I think it's about unpleasant memories of his childhood, but it's hard to say. You know, that's what it seems like from the lyrics. Yeah, it uh, seems that way. It's got that steady rhythm, which I have to wonder if there was a metronome as part of this uh, scream therapy. Because the there is that very steady rhythm with Ringo Starr on the drums again. Keeps uh, popping out a steady beat. Yeah, so this song originally was over eight minutes long, but it was cut mm-hmm. down immensely. And then they throw that explosion in at the end, you know, right after he says, remember... Remember the 5th of November, and, you, and then that big explosion. Yeah. You looked at me like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, oh, shit, there's no fade out there. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got the chugging piano throughout, mm. but it's so monotonous. This whole yeah. song is very mm-hmm. monotonous. It never changes. Yeah. It doesn't even really have a chorus. Mm-hmm. It just kind of chugs through. And it, the center section, you know, when he says, don't feel sorry, you know, it, it kind of takes a little bit different mm-hmm. speed and moves it up a little bit. But pretty much the whole first section and the whole last section of the song are really monotonous. I think the thing that stands out in this, the vocals are okay, but not as strongest on the album. Mm-hmm. The drumming is excellent on this. Yeah, it really is. I, Ringo does a lot of little fills and and keeps the beat. And I, it's probably pretty hard. You know, I'm not a drummer. I don't know. I play guitar, but I'm not even a guitar player. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, thank you. The drumming in this, he keeps it pretty solid throughout. And once again, it just proves to me how underrated Ringo is. Because I don't know. I just, I'm really impressed the more and more I listen to his drumming on his solo work, when he's played on Lennon's, when he's played on Harrison's. When he's played on Paul's stuff, when he and then going back to the Beatles stuff, you really focus in on the drums. And I don't know why he's not considered in the top drummers of all time, but he should be. He really should be. He's an excellent drummer. You can't come away as the drummer from the best band of all time or most popular band of all time without being in the top drummers, right? Yeah, but I think he's passed off a lot. You know, the Beatles music is mm-hmm. certainly wasn't considered heavy instrumentational music in a lot of cases, but but he did an excellent job. I'm not sure if uh, if I'm reading into John Lennon's lyrics too much on this. It seems to me that he and maybe you know maybe he's just got me pondering my own situation. But have you ever like you know been bothered by something that you did as a kid, or you you know get overcome by embarrassment or something for a mistake that you made way back when? Yeah. It happens to all of us. And it seems to me that John's trying to say, don't beat yourself up over that. Just you know accept the things that you did when you know chalk it up to being young not knowing as much as you know now when you remember that it's okay to forgive yourself for the things you did in the past when you were young you know lennon's lyrics on this album are really interesting because you go back to the beatles stuff a lot of it was so hard to figure out because there was a lot of imagery in it. And yeah. they'd ask Lennon, and he's like, I was just throwing words out there, you know, that rhymed. And yeah. sometimes it meant something, sometimes it didn't. With this album, I think the primal scream therapy really coming through and his vulnerability, mm-hmm. most of the lyrics are straightforward. I mean, you might it have really to... It really means something. Yeah, you might yeah. have to reach to what exactly he's talking about, but mm-hmm. it, you don't have a ton of... There's no guessing on the lyrics, you know. What's yeah. a bearded wall dragon or something like that you know mm-hmm. or a, what he had in strawberry fields yeah. and things like that it, it's more direct not a bad song so that moves us on to love now th- this is another song you've got uh landon on vocals and acoustic guitar and just phil specter on piano so no ringo and clouds on this one 
So this was originally going to be released as a single, but they chose Mother instead. But this one did receive quite a bit of airplay either way. I think this would have mm-hmm. probably made a better single. Probably. Uh, although I still don't think this would have been the best choice for a single. And they did eventually mm-hmm. release this as a single in 1972 for some reason, about the time the Imagine album came out. And it actually mm-hmm. hit number eight in the U.S. and number 15 in the U.K. So obviously this probably would have been a better choice as a single. And there's a bunch of different, you know, alternate versions of this song. If you go out on the different greatest hits he's released, the compilations, the box sets, there's a few different versions of this song floating around. It's been covered by a lot of groups. Uh, the Dream Academy, The Letterman, Barbara Streisand, plenty of others. What are your thoughts on this song? It it wasn't a terrible song. It was pretty good, pretty decent. I was a little surprised uh, when it ended because I thought, wow, this is a fairly short song. And then it uh, picked up with a little bit of a, a start up again. I'm yeah, because like, oh. it has that fault in. Yeah, fault in. Really oh, quiet. maybe not. And then, oh, wait, no, it's over. It's a short song. It's It ended. Yeah, it's got a just real. Felt, felt really short to me. It's got a really nice, soft, quiet piano intro that I mm-hmm. really like. And then the, there's a little bit of acoustic guitar that kicks in. And it, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a pretty love song. It, you know, the vocal's really good on it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's double over. I think it's just got a little bit of an echo on it, a mm-hmm. small echo. It's hard hard to tell. It could be doubled. Yeah. You know, and you were talking about that quiet down in the middle. And then the piano kind of comes back mm-hmm. in. But it's like coming back in. It's far away. And it slowly yeah. builds back to the full volume. So... Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a pretty little soft song. I think it's a good, as we talk about a lot of th- these, it's a good palate cleanser before we get to the next song. Sure. Which yeah. is a complete opposite of what this is. Yeah. It was a sweet little song. So then we go into Well, Well, Well. Very heavy song. Yeah, this is a pretty heavy <laughs> song. And this is one you knew as my ringtone on my phone for yeah. quite a while. So you've got, this is back to normal. You've got Lennon on vocals, electric guitar, and Ringo and Klaus. Power trio of them mm-hmm. making a pretty heavy song. This is a song basically describing a life or the basic day in the life of John and Yoko. It's got heavy, fuzzy guitar, aggressive licks on it. It's got really good screaming and strong vocals on it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the primal scream therapy once again on this because he does a lot of screaming, you know, and that's supposed to, I don't know exactly how that's supposed to work, but it's supposed to cleanse your soul mm-hmm. or something like that. What are your thoughts on this song? The uh, the primal scream, from what I understand, is supposed to like get in touch with that inner child that's trying to express themselves, and so like that primal scream is kind of what we've lost as we've matured and grown up, and we grow out of it. So it's trying to get back in touch with that. Uh, it, it's a kind of a weird thing. I I think that it wasn't a very eventful day for John and Yoko. He did say she looked so beautiful mm-hmm. he could eat her. That's true. Now, that could either refer to cannibalism or possibly mm-hmm. oral sex. I'm not sure, but it does have some... I mean, it's yeah. pretty straightforward lyrics yeah. again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to guess in a couple things, but... Yeah, and he, he, he screams out, well, 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 over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, what's up with all this screaming? Is this part of the basic life for Lennon and Ono? <laughs> Just a lot of screaming involved. <laughs> that being said, it, it was a... A really good, heavy song to jam out to. I got lost on lyrics, I'll tell you that. And and that happens a lot with heavy songs. Is Well, and the one yeah. thing we got to take into account, too, is this album, like a lot, takes a little bit of listening to mm-hmm. to fall into it. You're hearing this, this song for the first time. Yeah, apart from the licks that were on uh, your ringtone. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is the intro, which I love the intro. I think the bass line is very solid in this. It's oh, got yeah. good drumming again. There's that part where the mm-hmm. bass just thumps and then the drum thumps. The yeah. bass thumps and the drum thumps. And I like that back and forth yeah. play with those guys. Klaus and Ringo, you can tell that they've had a good time playing together. Yeah, this is a good band. I mean, as a power trio, you know, I mean, you don't ever think of the Plastic Ono band as being a power trio, but they really are. You know, this is the longest song on the album at six minutes. Mm -hmm. I think this would have been a better song to either open side two or open... Mother Mm -hmm. opened well with the bells, but this would have been a good song to open side two with that riff. I agree. Intro riff. You know, the vocals, again, I believe they're doubled in a lot of sections, but they may just have some kind of reverb or echo on them. I'm sure knowing Lennon, they're they're doubled. It's kind of interesting in the middle of the song where he's just screaming. It's almost that scream is almost put in place as like some kind of instrumentation solo. Like instead of having a guitar solo in the middle, we just have his constant. Yeah. The, the wailing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I really like this song. I've always liked this song. As you know, that's why it was my ringtone, right? It's just a good, <laughs> heavy song. And I yeah. like the way Lennon plays these songs off of each other. You can have one song that is so quiet and so, you know, so vulnerable. Yeah. And then you go to this one where it's, you know, you're just explaining a day, but the music just blows it out. This is definitely the heaviest song on the album. Oh, for sure. Okay, so we move on to the next one. Look at me. Yeah, we take another step back from the heavy. Well, and and that's kind of why I said, you know, you got love before Well, 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 and look at me after it. Whatever one's the palate cleanser, you know, depending on how you look at it, one is. It's definitely playing them off of each other. Now, this song definitely has uh, double-tracked vocals on it again, and it's this song is just Lennon and his acoustic guitar. Here's the funny thing about this song. He wrote this song, or the biggest portion of this song, in India in 1968, where the Beatles wrote most of the White Album. Oh, really? And this song was supposed to be on the White Album, but he just didn't finish it for whatever reason. It, it features a lot of the finger-picking that Donovan had taught him while they were mm-hmm. in India. This song to me, and you probably don't know it as much, but this song to me should be on the White Album. The finger picking mm-hmm. on it sounds almost exactly like Dear Prudence. Yeah, it has it does. a little bit difference to it, and maybe even a little bit like Julie in a way, but this mm-hmm. is straight off the White Album for me. I remember hearing this song for the first time, and obviously I didn't get into Lennon's solo stuff until after I was mm-hmm. heavily into the Beatles. That's the first thing I thought was Dear Prudence. It has that mm-hmm. same picking. And, and this is a good song. Really impressive uh, finger work by Lennon. And um, yeah, the, the writing in this is really good. I mean, this whole look at me, it's a very introspective song. He's telling himself to take a look at himself. And it, you know, not so much as everybody else around him. But it's more like the voice in his head saying, hey, let's take a look at at me and how am I doing and what's going on inside of me. It's a good song. I I don't see how it didn't make the White Album, but it sounds exactly like it should be on there. So It certainly would have fit. So that moves us on to the next song, God. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Lennon once again on vocals. You've got Ringo and Klaus playing on this one again, and this one is the song that has Billy Preston on piano on it. Uh, This is kind of a three-sectioned out song. You've got the first section where John sings about God being a concept by which we measure our pain. The second portion of the song is where he lists all the things he doesn't believe in, which are most things he doesn't Mm -hmm. believe in. You know, the third portion, the last portion of the song is where he's no longer the dream weaver. He's not the walrus. He's just John. You know, he believes in John and Yoko, right? This 
to me, and I wrote this in the notes, is it's Lennon declaring an ending to the Beatles, the 60s, the big dream, everything they had lived through, you know, the biggest rock and roll band and rock and roll star in the world, and it's over. I can tell you, this song still gets me to this day. You know, to hear him say he doesn't believe in Beatles. You know, as a huge Beatles fan, I love Lennon's solo work. I really do, for the most part. Nothing can replace the Beatles, and it it still would have been interesting to see what John and Paul and George, especially as the main writers, would have done to each other's songs and how these things would have materialized differently. Before I get your feelings on this song, I'll tell you what I think. This song is kind of monotonous because you've got, I don't believe in yoga, I don't believe in Buddha, I don't, you know, it just keeps mm-hmm. over and over. But to me, it works for this because of the theme of the song. It's got excellent piano work, which you wouldn't expect anything less from Billy Preston. I love the piano intro. Each time before he says, I don't believe in whatever, it's got a little piano key walk up that's really good. It's it's just a pretty song, and mm-hmm. it still makes me sad every time I hear it. It's a it's a very haunting song with the way that it sounds. It's just John Lynn doesn't believe in most things. It's just boom, boom. It's funny, he doesn't believe in Elvis, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you caught it, he doesn't believe in Zimmerman. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know who Zimmerman is. That's Bob Dylan. Oh. Yeah, that's his real name is Robert Zimmerman. Oh. So, and then, of course, he doesn't believe in Kennedy. He doesn't believe mm-hmm. in the Bible. He doesn't yeah. believe in Buddha. He doesn't even believe in yoga, for hell's sake. It always gets me, like I said, every time he says he doesn't believe in Beatles. In Beatles, yeah. yeah. You know, I just believe in me. Yoko and me, that's reality. And it really is. And so this is another song where he's not mixing vocals. He's saying he doesn't have any place right now for all this bullshit. Yeah, exactly. It's it's him. He's dealing with enough crap. This is his life, and that's what he's going to do. And I, I mm-hmm. think this is a beautiful song. I love it. It's telling you the Beatles are not getting back together. Basically. Yeah. And, and he's softened on those things, you know. <laughs> In fact, it's been talked about that the time by the time he was shot they were talking about doing something else together again you know i mean they'd been together so close for so many years i mean this this album is a take on john lennon's new life yeah a a reunion would have been reasonable but at this point in john lennon's career he was letting you know the beatles was over yeah the wounds were fresh Right here, and and with all his political activism and the problems he had with the world, this is just kind of all tied up in it. So that brings us to the last song, if you want to call it that, because it's just a little short number that's just John Lennon again on vocals and acoustic guitar. Almost like a nursery rhyme. Yeah, because it was set of Three Blind Mice. It's almost playing like through an old AM radio. It's kind of a far away, mono-sounding thing. And I really think, you know, I'm not super high on this song to be Mm -hmm. honest with you but it's also really really short Mm -hmm. i think if this was done on a piano or an acoustic guitar as a pretty little song it would have been a lot better this sounds almost like a demo to me yeah it's very melancholy though it's It's real short but real melancholy real sad to me i guess it it's not bad you know i i understand my mommy's dead Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's a sad song but it as far as the song feeling to me is like a demo or an afterthought to the album, it doesn't seem to fit in as much. Yeah. The lyrics fit in with the theme mm-hmm. of what he's going through in his life, but it just For seems sure. like an unfinished song in a way. Yeah, this would be, I, I would consider this to be a decent outro to the uh, opening song. Yeah, it yeah. would be good fit with that. Yeah, so. to Mother. That ends uh, Plastic mm-hmm. Ono Band. You want to get winners and losers? I think we're ready. 
Winners and Losers. Okay, Ty, you've heard Plastic Ono Band in pretty much every song for the first time about yeah. an hour ago. So what would you rate as your two least favorite songs? The two least, um, I'm going to go with Love because of Phil Spector. That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just rate it that way because he's a murderer. Yeah, take that. In, in fact, he's not even a bad musician. I, I really, That's really not fair to knock love like that. I had a hard time coming up with losers on this one. I'm going to go with My Mummy's Dead uh, for being so short and being a little out of place, it seems like. I mean, it's a, a decent album close, but maybe if they would have moved Mother to uh, being the album closer instead of the album opener or put that in as the as the outro to Mother, I'd be better with it. But on its own, you're right. It feels more like a demo. It just doesn't really fit in. Yeah. Also, Isolation. Is one of your least favorites? It's one of my least favorites. I know that it's one of your favorites, but... Damn you, I asked you to name two, and you've named three. Sorry. That's okay. It's your right. Well, what did you like I, about I'm, Isolation? I'm, re- I'm retracting love because I don't think Stop. it's fair. What did you not like about Isolation? Well, I'm retracting my nomination for love because I don't think it's fair to call that one least favorite just because of Phil Spector being a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not. Isolation, it just seemed like I, I didn't really like the whole I, 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 solation. Yeah, and see, that's a part I kind of like, but I think I liked his vocals on it, the way mm-hmm. they were all double-tracked more than more than the actual part yeah. of it, you know? I, I, I like the double-tracking. I think it's a great effect. If that's what John Lennon needed in order to help him feel better about having his voice on record like that, it worked great. I really like the effect. I'm glad he uses it so much. Isolation just, it didn't really have the substance that I was hoping to find in that song. So uh, what about you? What are your least favorites? Uh, I'm right with you, obviously, on My Mummy's Dead. It's just too short, demo-ish, and not finished. And it's all right. Mm-hmm. It seems like it'd be a pretty song if it was finished up different, but maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. But I, I just, I've never really cared for it as much. It, it's okay to listen to. It doesn't take long to listen to. It's mm-hmm. at the end of the album. You know, I wouldn't take it off. It, it, it's also kind of childish. It, it, is I think that's the word I'm looking at. Is it, it feels kind of childish, like you've got a singer up on a stage holding the microphone, crying into it, just my mummy's dead yeah but i think that's how this album's supposed to be is vulnerable and we had talked Mm -hmm. on some of these is is it him singing from the point of a young boy and if that's Mm -hmm. the case then that makes sense it just it's just weird you know but yeah kind of like he's you know letting his inner child out while he's in the middle of a concert it's weird yeah and I, i think my second least favorite song is remember to me it's just a little monotonous and it's a good song it's a good album filler i wouldn't take it off Mm -hmm. i don't skip it anything like that in fact there's no songs on this album i skip but that's my least favorite song as well with my mommy's dead if i had to pick one so what are your two favorite songs on this album um i'm gonna go with one of them being uh, mother i thought that was a perfect song i absolutely adored it and i'm gonna go with the working class hero I I really resonated with that song as well. Both of them from side one. I'm a little surprised to, to see that. So but, pick one yeah. for side two then. We'll give you three tonight. Um, okay, the only one that I wrote on side two is uh, Remember, which is your least favorite. Hey, that's um, how it turns out sometimes. Maybe it was just from the Remember, Remember, the 5th of November. And when the explosion woke yeah, the you explosion. up. the explosion. That was awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, and when I say it's my least favorite, it's just my least favorite out of these songs, and I think it's a strong album. That, that goes without saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a John Lennon song. You'd love it, even if it's your least favorite on the album. It was one of my favorites. My good. favorite on side two, I'll tell you that. That's good. And uh, your favorites. I have three of them, and I'm not going to put them in any particular order because... That's not all, fair. Yeah. They're all something <laughs> different to me. And Working Class Hero... Without a doubt, I love mm-hmm. that song. Just like you, it's always resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Working Class Hero, God, and Well, Well, Well. Mm-hmm. Those three songs are by far my favorite on the album, but this is a very strong album. But I would rate those three at the top. And just depending on the day is which one's better than the other. But generally, when I'm listening to one, I'm listening to them all. You ready to rate the album? I think so. Album rating. Okay, Mr. Tyler. Uh, this album, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least and 10 being the greatest. And I think uh, when we've come to my ratings, we've decided that if I rated a 1, then uh, I never listen to it ever again. And if I rated a 10, I have to buy the album. Correct. Okay. I'm giving this one a 7. Solid 7. It seems like I hover around the 7 a lot, but this one, you know what? Let me bump it up a half a point. I'm going 7.5, 7.5. Have you one. noticed you bump a lot of yours a lot? I do. You you think about it for a minute, and then you give an extra point. You know, we ought to do an episode where you listen to the albums two or three or four more times and then give them a rating and see what you think. Because this that is all, be from fair. you, this is all first impression for the most part. Yeah, really, because yeah. that's knee-jerk for me. Well, and especially this album where there isn't a lot of popular singles off this mm-hmm. album or whatever. You know, this is yeah. one you kind of have to discover. And this one, I think one of the reasons that I like it so much, because I, I could see myself, you know, maybe five years ago, giving this a much lower rate, less than five. But right now, listening to it the way it was, John Lennon really lays out his psychological journey and where he's at with regards to his fame, his religion, his his whole life and what where he's at in his journey. And that got me thinking a lot. It really got me into introspection the way that he was into introspection, obviously. I mean he was obviously into introspection based off of this album and the the lyrics the way it was written. So yeah, seven point five very much so. Who knows? I could see myself buying this album anyway just because of how much I enjoyed it. What about you? Where are you at? Well, this is easy for me. Like I said, it was one of my top 20 albums. I mean, if I had a Desert Island album package of 20 of them, this would be one of them. Uh, I rate this a 10. I like every song on this album. With the exception of the last one, it's probably the only kind of stinker, but I... I still enjoy it. I just wish there was more to it, Mm -hmm. but I like everything about this. I have a lot of history with it. I like the sound. I like the lyrics. I like the music in it, everything. I still find myself while I'm working, I I throw this on at least once a month and listen to it. So yeah, it's one of my favorites. I don't think I have another John Lennon album. That's a 10. In -hmm. fact, I know I don't. This is my favorite John Lennon album by far. You know, it was easy for me when I got the email from Sonny to do this one. You know, we had a few emails in there, and I saw that one. I thought, you know, that one will be perfect because I would like to listen to that. But until next time, that's our album rating on John Mm -hmm. Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. And if you want to reach out to us with any review suggestions, any Mm -hmm. suggestions at all, send us an email at classicvinylpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Instagram. Reach out to us on Twitter. But we really appreciate everyone listening. Go out and share us with your friends. Give us a review. It all helps. We appreciate it. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. Thank you.